0: What's going on everybody? Welcome to episode 216 of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion, and on today's show... We're going to be taking a look at three decision points in drafts right now, specifically points in the draft where players are going back to back. We're going to look at guys who are going right next to each other and sort of talk through these situations and where our leans are between guys who are projecting pretty similarly or at least have similar ranges of outcomes. We will get into that shortly, but first, Joey, it's a beautiful day outside. You know, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, it's 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 a beautiful day to go out and, you know, get a get a nice little hoop session in. Get get a little cardio in. Mm-hmm. And for everybody out there listening, if you didn't know, Ben is horrible at basketball. So this this is gonna be fun.
0: Why are you lying on the podcast? <laughs> I've no I've known you for like fifteen plus years. You know our history. You know I used to have the nastiest shot in all of upstate New York. <laughs> yeah like you know firsthand
1: you're sean marion shot bro look any anybody who knows basketball knows how sean marion shoots and that is how ben shoots
0: i don't know who sean marion is but i could just tell by your tone that
1: you're being absolutely disrespectful well nah see sean marion was a good player and he had a pretty long nba career so you know obviously the shot worked for him Mm -hmm. um you know, I'm looking it up right now. He played 15 years. 15 years in the NBA. He had a great career. He was a pretty solid player, but obviously, you're way worse than that. Like I mean, period.
0: I I'm I'm watching a little bra. Hey, that actually kind of is my shot though. Yeah. I just it is your <laughs> shot. 100%.
1: <laughs> no, it's it's not.
0: It? It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. But it's I could see the resemblance. I could see where you would get that from. But I'm definitely more like, you know, Steph Tatum Sort of rolled into one, I would say.
1: Bruh. You're more like Brian Scalabrine or Scalabrini or however the fuck you say it. That
0: joke went way over my head. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you don't even know who that is, huh? (laughs) Not at all. He's a a white dude that was one of the worst NBA players of all time.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, you know what? The good (laughs) thing is that we'll be able to uh, touch base on this on the next episode, and you're going to have a completely different time. You're going to be coming in mad apologetic. After I
1: put up more points than you because one you haven't done any type of exercise in probably 15 years since oh, we played yeah. since we played basketball yeah the last time so one, I... you're gonna be rusty
0: <laughs> the last time i was athletic was when i was smoking cigarettes on the on the court when we were 15 years old yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, so I think I think you're gonna be uh dead after one game. There's a good possibility and, and that and that's with just moderate playing like not going full try hard so yeah, you're chopped. I mean just the level of disrespect from your friends
0: sometimes' They'd really be the ones closest to you. Oh, it's, it's crazy. It's just crazy sometimes <laughs> all right let let's let's get into some fantasy football talk and I want to look at these players that are going back to back and the most interesting one to me, starts at the running back position between Brees Hall, who is going as the running back 18 on underdog and Travis Etienne, who is going as the running back 19 on underdog 2 mid-range RB2s, two guys on questionable offenses, bad offenses that have potential to grow this season, two guys attached to second year quarterbacks and two guys prepared to take their first snaps in the NFL. Yes, this is Travis Etienne's second season, but for all intensive purposes, this is his rookie
1: year. Yeah. I haven't been drafting much of either on underdog because obviously they are in that range where you know some people would consider that the running back dead zone between rounds three and six where the value is just better at wide receiver or quarterback or even tight end if you can get like a Waller or Kittle to fall just in terms of underdog and fantasy in general if I had to choose who I prefer, I'd probably prefer Brees a little bit just because I think there is a higher likelihood that he becomes a workhorse rather than Travis Etienne become a workhorse. And on underdog where it's half PPR, the catches are obviously weighted a little bit less. And I believe Brees Hall is still a capable pass catcher as well, even though they have Michael Carter there. So I think it's close, but I think that there's going to be more opportunity available for the Jets offense and honestly I think the Jets are going to be a better team than the Jaguars this season really Um, yeah it's with Zach Wilson you know Elijah Moore Garrett Wilson Corey Davis Brees Hall Michael Carter like they have the pieces on offense to you know score points and, and score touchdowns so I think Brees Hall as one of you know, the better prospects coming out in the last couple of years uh, in terms of the running back position. I think he's just in a better situation to see a bigger workload, you know, in their first seasons, so... Uh, I'll I'll take Brees over Travis Etienne on underdog on DraftKings and Drafters. I'll take Etienne for his uh, pass catching upside and his familiarity with Trevor Lawrence.
0: Yeah, that part of it I think is really interesting, and I definitely lean Brees on underdog specifically for that reason. Yes. Like Brees Hall is a guy who can come in and average eighteen plus touches every single yep. game this season. Like he is going to be a workhorse. I think that he, despite Michael Carter being there, is still going to get a decent amount of run in the pass game. Etienne off. Obviously, a favorite to catch more passes. But, you know, ETN is a guy who I could see, you know, settling into a role where he maybe gets, you know, eight to 12 attempts on the ground and five to six targets per game. Whereas Brees is going to be the guy who's getting, you know, 15 to 20 attempts and maybe two or three catches per game. So I think that the workload definitely favors Brees. But where I disagree with you is that I just think the Jags offense has a lot more upside like Zach Wilson, was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL last year. So was Trevor
1: Lawrence, though. So Let's was
0: Trevor Lawrence. That. But I I think that we've seen more out of Trevor, specifically in college, to know that he can be quite a bit better. I don't know how much better Zach Wilson is going to get. Like He could be a straight-up bust. I don't believe that with Trevor Lawrence. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Trevor is just not that guy in the pros. Maybe we learned that this year. But right now, I am willing to believe that the Urban Meyer situation last year was just such a negative factor on the team as a whole that it really stunted mm-hmm. Trevor's growth. And hopefully, just with a semi competent coach in Doug Peterson, they're able to get him right uh, back on the right track. And, you know, James Robinson, a report came out this week after we discussed him on the ADP Market Report episode that you can go and check out in this feed that, you know, Robinson's timetable is looking good. You know, he's resumed running. They're expecting him back uh, for parts of training camp. They think he's going to be ready to play in. August and ready to play in week one, and I think that James Robinson offers more competition in the backfield for ETN than Michael Carter does for Brees Hall, so... I just think that in general, workload favors Brees Hall, and that is what I tend to look for in these players. If you're telling me that we can get a guy who's going to be top five, top eight in touches in the league, which Brees Hall could as the RB18, I'm going to be you know taking shots at that in drafts.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, so I think we're kind of on the same page that we prefer Brees on underdog, but on some other sites, we might prefer Etienne. Just at their current ADPs. I think they both are pretty fine picks and they do have upside you know in their own right Brees Hall has the volume upside Travis Etienne has the pass catching upside and you know you believe that the offense and the in the quarterback situation is a little bit better so I don't mind either of these guys it's very close uh, obviously we lean Brees Hall but I think Etienne is also a very solid pick this year
0: yep and and for what it's worth I like uh Brees Hall and the Jets uh playoff schedule they get two home games to start off the playoffs first up against the Lions second off against the Jags. So we'll get a little Breeze Travis Etienne match up there. And then they close it out against the Seahawks. Like those are all games that could be low scoring, but they're games where the Jets could actually be up and, and feeding Breeze. So we'll see how that goes in terms of that. Let's get to our second situation here of guys who are going back to back at the quarterback position, just outside of the top elite guys. There's this tier of players that, you know, have the opportunity, I think, to jump into that range, but we just don't know. They're coming off of inconsistent seasons and that's Joe Burrow going as the quarterback 7 and Russell Wilson going as the quarterback 8. Obviously Joe Burrow, you know, showed flashes, had some monster games last year, but I think that people overlook how inconsistent he was at points whether or not he's able to take a step forward is the main question here and then Russell Wilson, what he's going to be able to do on a new team first time being away from the Seahawks in his career, but steps into a really good situation with solid weapons in Denver.
1: Yeah, it's definitely you know an interesting situation with burrow and and russell wilson just in terms of where they're going in fantasy because obviously both of them have elite upside and and they've shown it i think the concern with me for joe burrow is that he's just not going to have as much volume as the top passers in the league You know, he was 15th in the NFL in pass attempts last year, but obviously he made up for it with insane efficiency, right? Like he was top seven in terms of passing yards, but middle of the pack in in terms of attempts. He had a great year, 34 touchdowns. So the efficiency could be there once again, and he's only going to get better. He's going into his third year with some of the best skilled players around him but it's like joe mixon right joe mixon had 292 carries last year which was third in the nfl so if they continue to feed joe mixon like a workhorse and if they continue to win games really my only concern with burrow is just the the volume is is the volume going to be there and You're just going to have to rely on, you know, kind of outlier efficiency for him to pay off that ADP. And kind of the same thing for Russell Wilson. You know, how pass heavy will the Broncos be with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon there? I don't know if they will be super pass heavy. Obviously they're gonna pass more with Russell there now, but the volume could be a concern there too. So I don't know. It's a tough argument. I don't honestly I really don't know which one I prefer. If I had to if I had to pick, probably Joe Burrow just because his weapons are better. But it's yeah. close.
0: And and Also, the Bengals have a really nice playoff schedule, two of their games coming up against teams and and games that you could see absolutely shooting out in the underdog playoffs in week fifteen, they play the Bucs, and then obviously week seventeen, they've got that game against the Buffalo Bills, which is going to be one of the premier games. But then again, you look over at the Broncos, and Russell Wilson is in a similar situation where he just gets a monster three game stretch in the playoffs at home against the Cardinals, on the road against the Rams, and then playing the Chiefs in week seventeen. So that's That sets up really well for Wilson. Obviously, I mean, I think that the weapons pretty clearly favor Joe Burrow. You know, both of his top options are going in the first three rounds. Joe Burrow's wide receiver, two goes off the board before either of Russell Wilson's top pass-catching assets. And, you know, all the talent in the world for Judy and Sutton, but they just haven't been able to put it together. Maybe this is the year, maybe the upgrade, the substantial upgrade at quarterback and Russell Wilson is what finally allows these guys to come close to hitting their ceiling. But I just don't have that same concern. Like I wouldn't be shocked if Judy or Sutton failed, if one of the two of them didn't hit the mark, I would be absolutely stunned if that were the case for either of Jamar Chase or T. Higgins like I think that they're locked in smash plays and then you obviously have Tyler Boyd as a very confident consistent wide receiver three so I I just think that you know if they happen to go more pass happy if they happen to lean on Joe Burrow in his third year which they probably should that Burrow's ceiling is just higher their ADPs are comparable Wilson's going about a half round later and I think that's right I think that Burrow because of the weapons, because of the stackability, because of the playoff schedule, should be going ahead. But I, I would have a pretty even stance, I think, on these guys. So um this one is pretty tough to decipher, and I think that it's pretty much correct in terms of ADP. Joe Burrow slightly ahead, but Wilson is right there. And I wouldn't take anybody going below Wilson ahead of him. I think that their ADPs are correct.
1: There, there's definitely a case, I think, that you could have like Brady above Wilson, just because Brady's just been so good. But Russell Wilson does have some rushing ups. Or at least we've seen the rushing upside with Wilson and I would not be shocked at all if Ross outscores Joe Burrow this year. Like if if you told me like he he outscores him, I'd be like, yeah, okay.
0: Mm -hmm. All right, let's close it out with our final back to back player pairing. And this one is interesting because I think the situations are so similar. And that's Brandon Ayuk and Hunter Renfro. Ayuk is going as the wide receiver 39. Renfro is going as the wide receiver 40. And why this one stands out to me is just when you look at it from a team situation, these guys are both wide receiver twos on teams with a clear-cut alpha. The 49ers have Debo, the Raiders have Devontae Adams, and then both of them have an elite tight end that they have to deal with stealing targets as well in George Kittle and Darren Waller, and that leaves these guys as clear-cut third-tier passing options in their offense, but they're both really high upside. Like, we saw it for Brandon Ayuk. Obviously, he started off last season sort of in the doghouse with the coaching staff, and as the season developed, he, you know, went on to to show why we were so have uh high on him coming into the season why we know that he has that upside as a player now he is a third year wide receiver and Renfro went absolutely nuclear down the stretch last year what's your lean between these two guys obviously none of them are top tier wide receivers on their own team but they have a lot of talent and opportunity to get targets
1: yeah so I think for this specific uh, matchup I'm leaning Renfro really I'm leaning Hunter Renfro here. Mini try I think that him and Derek Carr have a very good connection. I think that Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Trey Lance. Obviously, we we haven't seen Trey Lance and, you know, what he could do, but Derek Carr is still one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Upgrade in coaching there with Josh McDaniels obviously leaving New England and going to Oakland. Less attention from him with Devontae and Darren Waller healthy on the field and He's a PPR guy, so on DraftKings and drafters, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Hunter Renfro over Brandon Ayuk 10 out of 10 times. Mm-hmm. On Underdog, you can make the case for either or since, since it is half PPR, but I would still lean Renfro in this spot. I just think that the Raiders are going to be a higher passing volume offense. I think that the situation in terms of their offense in general and the efficiency is going to be better in terms of passing offense, I should say. The quarterback is better. They have a solid chemistry already. He's just the type of player. He's going to get open. He's going to get catches, and he's always going to be undervalued in fantasy football. It's just what it comes down to with Renfro.
0: I really wanted your take on that coaching change for Vegas because, you. I mean, you say it's an improvement, and it should be, but with Vegas last year, they were sixth in the NFL in pass attempts as a team and the 49ers were the second lowest. You know, they, they yeah. barely passed the ball. They're they're clearly a run-first team in terms of philosophy, and that's the way the Patriots have been for many years, too. So I, I'm wondering if Vegas scales back the pass attempts. Obviously, well, their offseason moves indicate that they're not. You know, they— gave everything up to get another elite wide receiver. And that would make you think that they want to keep passing. But I just, I don't know how much of the Patriots run first approach is McDaniels and how much of it is Bill Belichick. Maybe you can shine
1: a little insight on that. That's just, it's just really context. You know, at the end of Tom Brady's career, they had nobody on offense, right? So they they kind of had to navigate that in terms of passing and they had a more balanced approach and obviously the last years with cam newton in 2020 and then mac jones last year obviously they went more run heavy but just as a coach i don't think that is josh mcdaniel's philosophy i think that's just how bill belichick wanted the offense to be uh just because of the personnel obviously everybody knows that the patriots have not been good at drafting which is kind of why they had to go that route because they draft good running backs but they can't draft anything else good um on offense so i think josh mcdaniel's wants to be a pass first offense. So I'm not too concerned about the volume dropping for the Raiders. Maybe it drops a little bit. Derek Carr was fifth in the NFL in pass attempts last year. Maybe he doesn't finish top five, but I, I think he definitely finishes top 10, whereas Trey Lance will probably be nowhere near the top 10 in uh, pass attempts.
0: No, he won't. And and that's definitely something to think about. I actually think that you know the Raiders may not have a choice, but to be pass happy just because the other teams in that in that division are yeah. just such high powered offenses like they're going to have to go toe to toe with the Chiefs the Chargers and the Broncos at least 6 times throughout the year so it's like They're going to have to throw the ball a lot, whereas uh, the 49ers division is is definitely a a step weaker, and they probably will have the option to run as they want. It's just, man, last year's run out for Hunter Renfro was like almost a Monra, St. Brown-esque in the sense that he got so many targets down the stretch, and I just don't know if that ever happens again. You know, like he had 71 and 77 targets in his first two years and jumped all the way up to 128, like had 50 more targets than his previous career high last year and then they you know sell out the future of the team to get to adams so like his his targets are absolutely coming down this year and he seems like a player who needs targets but even still even with a massive target reduction he probably has a similar end of year amount of targets as iuk so it's just it's just tough man it's just a tough one v one
1: here even with the target reduction i still think he has more targets than iu just mm-hmm. because of the volume Yeah. And I think their passing offense will just be more efficient uh, than the Niners passing offense in general uh, with Trey Lance, obviously being the starter there. For those reasons, I do prefer Hunter Renfro. Obviously, Ayuk is a very good wide receiver and I don't mind him. But yeah, maybe it's a hot take, but I, I would take Renfro. Especially on full PPR, you know, we're talking about underdog here, so mm-hmm. it's closer. But on DraftKings or Drafters, yeah, Hunter Renfro ten out of ten times, because Ayuk just doesn't have those ten catch games in his range of outcomes, whereas Hunter Renfro does. I think even with those guys there, because maybe one game, you know, they take a backseat, and Hunter Renfro's just eating up all the underneath targets.
0: Yeah, no, that that absolutely makes sense, and and maybe. Well, I'll close this out with with uh, just a a little thought. Maybe what you want to do is pair these guys together as your wide receiver four and five as these two teams do face off in week 17. You know, maybe a little Brandon Iuke Hunter Renfro correlation for the absolute win for two million dollars. I don't know. Maybe, maybe.
1: I mean, we talked about it. Like, that's one of my favorite sneaky stacks for Week 17. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be a decently high total game in Las Vegas in the Dome. Two good offenses with a lot of great skill position players. Um, There, there's definitely some mini correlations you can come out of your drafts with that you know you can get at ADP and at value too. So.
0: Yeah, you know, let all let all these clowns stack up Jamar Chase and Stefan Diggs. We're stacking up Brandon Ayuk and Hunter Renfro. That. That's how you win $2 million. All right. That is going to be it for episode 216 of the DFS dose podcast. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at the DFS dose, as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover. Joey's at Joey carrying DFS. If you guys want to connect with us and stay up to date with what's going on in the podcast and join the inner circle, you can do so by hopping in our free discord chat. The link to do so is in the show notes to the podcast. To everybody listening out there. We appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic. Vibes.